Hey there, it's Janie Porter, and this is She Just Glows, the podcast. I'm gonna help you find joy and purpose in your life just as it is today. Not tomorrow, not when life is perfect, not when you win a million dollars or your kids finally stop peeing on the seat, but right now. I'm a life coach, a writer, a wife, and a mom of four. And just like you, I spend my days fighting through the pressure to be thin, happy, and have the perfect house and the perfect life. But here's the thing, I've never found perfection. What I have found is that it's so much better to just be real. So grab a cup of coffee and join me like you would a girlfriend. We'll talk mom life, body image, letting go of the lie of perfection, and learning to thrive in the chaos of our world today. You've got your own life coach in your back pocket now. This is She Just Glows, the podcast. Okay, this is this is one of those episodes. This is one of those where I'm cringing all morning long. I went to my workout today. I have had knots in my stomach all morning. And this happens a lot when I share something really personal. Um, And I think there's an added cringe because this story involves people who are very important in my life. And also because whenever I record an episode, I want you as the audience to take something away from it, right? So I don't want this to just be my personal therapy, which it will in some ways be, I'll be honest with you, and I'll get into that in this episode. But I want to share things, what I like to call news you can use. So if you've found yourself in a time of suffering, whether it's in your marriage or anywhere in your life, it is my hope and my prayer that something in this episode speaks to you. So in this episode, I'm going to be sharing my story. Dirty, dark, yucky, sticky, messy story. And in my next episode, I will be sharing a toolbox of things that have helped me survive suffering. So if you get nothing out of today, I want you to know this. Everyone has something. Everyone has something. Everyone suffers at some point. It's not just you. It's not just you going through a time at some point in your life that you're not going to be sharing with your friends at the park. It's that private and that messy and that like long of a story that like unless you have a minute or 20 or 60, I can't even unpack this story for you in full, right? Do you have situations like that in your life right now? I don't know if you're like me, but things in your life may look beautiful from the outside. It may be a very shiny picture. And things certainly looked beautiful and shiny on the outside for me. But just under the surface, underneath the bright smiles in those flawless social media photos, underneath the smiles at school, underneath the going to church together as a family, something is bubbling and it's gross. And it's something no one else can see. It's right under the surface, like, like not even an inch. Like, you know, this, all the specks in an inch, what are they called, Milla? I don't know what they're called. All those little specks in the inch. It's like one of those specks, right? It's gross and it's dark and it's shameful and it's sad. 
and it's just bubbling away right under that shiny facade. That's how it was for me. It was bubbling under the surface for a few years until one day, exactly a year ago, this week, my husband moved out. Okay, we cannot be crying yet. (laughs) We have so much to get to. I cannot be crying at this first line. Today, I'm going to share the very unpleasant story of when my husband left. And then next episode, I'm going to share about how he came back. And maybe in the future, I will share about how our hearts are reconnecting, how we're getting back into alignment on a heart level. And... If I were you, I would be asking, Janie, why are you sharing this? Why are you sharing this? You're a joy coach. Obviously, things are happening in your life that aren't very joyful. Why are you doing that? Well, the first reason is to show that things happen in everyone's life that aren't joyful. That's just a fact of life. And if you're believing that because I'm a joy coach or because your therapist seems to have it all together or because your accountant just has the perfect life, just know everyone has something bubbling under the surface. And I'm going to share mine today. Another big reason I'm actually sharing, and I'll be completely honest here, is totally (laughs) self-serving. Totally self-serving. This is part of my personal healing, sharing this with you today. When I started She Just Glows, good grief, 11 years ago, it really just started as like sharing stuff that was tough. And I didn't, you know, have a five-step plan or a toolkit of how you can survive what I survived. It was just like, this sucks. Who's with me? You know, it was just like throwing up what was tough in those early mothering years and then connecting with you about it and finding things together that worked. And that grew into me coaching and working with a lot of you one-on-one or in group coaching. And it's just been such a joy. But I've been on a break from a lot of that because I've gone inward the last six months with this personal trauma that's unfolded in my life. But yeah, back in 2013, I just shared the tough stuff. I didn't offer you a solution. I didn't have five ways to have it figured out. Here's the manual. And today is no different than that. I'm sharing from a place of rawness and I don't have it all figured out because my story isn't done. A lot has healed, but I'm still in the thick of it in many ways. I do feel like I've gotten to a place though in my healing journey where I'm ready to share this story because as my life coach has instructed me, you wanna share from a scar and not an active wound. So I do feel that I'm at a place where this is more of a scar. It's not bleeding. We don't need a Band-Aid anymore. Like it's still visible. It still pops up. But it's not activated every single day. And, you know, when I say this is for me and for my healing, here's the thing about that, you guys. Like something that's so beautiful and empowering about sharing things in your life that are yuck, Whether you share them on a public platform like I am or you share them in your small friend group, which can be a really scary experience and you're brave to do that. When you share these things in your life, you 
shed them. So today I'm sharing this story. Good Lord. I am so sorry to cry already. This is really getting obnoxious. (laughs) Maybe this is an active wound still. (laughs) I think there's something emotional, honestly, with sharing it in public like this, you know? So sharing this story is me also being able to shed this story. Shed it. I'm ready to purge it. I'm ready to let go. I've been carrying it for a while, a while. And when we share these things with other people, at the end of the day, it's so empowering because number one, it's not a secret anymore. And I wouldn't say I've been hiding this story, but I've certainly been protecting it. And I think the reasons are pretty obvious. I'll get into those in a sec. But when you share, it's like there's nothing else to think about. It's out there. And your version of the story is out there. And I'm not saying that in the sense of my version versus my husband's. Absolutely not. We are in a process of rebuilding and healing. So anything I share here has been vetted by him and needs to be coming from a place of continuing to align our hearts and nothing different. But anyway, today's going to feel a little bit like throwing up for me. I need to get it out. (laughs) I know it'll feel so good after, but it's going to be unpleasant. And I'll probably finish recording this and be like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? Oh, oh, oh." but again, I know this is what I want to do and it's uncomfortable in the moment, but this is part of my healing journey. It's cathartic for me. So thank you for letting me be self-focused enough to share that with you. And thank you for honoring me with your presence right now. So again, this is um, my story. Next episode is a few things I learned about suffering that might help you if you have a place in your life where you're suffering. That deep, dark corner that maybe no one knows about. We've all got them. Don't pretend you don't. You do. Suffering is hard because we don't want to share it with people. And in the word suffering, that's not just like having a bad day or we're in a rough season. Suffering implies There's really nothing left you can do and you're sort of stuck needing to endure, right? And when you're in that space, at least for me, and I'm willing to bet you're the same, we're not apt to share it because we don't want to bring other people down. We don't want to be that girl who's always like talking about her problems and sob story. Ask anyone who's seen me in person in the last year. That's exactly how I've been. Some days I just couldn't contain myself. So a couple more things before I get into my story. The first one is my husband and I are still together and he did move back in. In the last several months, we have seen so much redemption and healing in our family. So I'm at a place where I feel like the healing has put me in a place where I'm ready to move forward and today is part of that. So again, thank you for being here. The second thing I want to share is I'm not going to be exposing every detail. The reasons are probably pretty obvious, right? The first one is this story affects other people whose privacy I respect, like my children and husband. And ultimately, and ultimately my goal is to remain married and to continue to build a thriving marriage where my husband feels loved and respected. And that's more important than anything I do here, right? So 
a lot of the details simply aren't helpful to have out there. But I'm going to share a good amount and I'm going to share what I hope is helpful for you and will serve you as well. And the third thing, because I know I'd be curious about this if I were you, yes, my husband knows I'm recording this. He has given his blessing. I said, is there anything off limits? He said, no. And I'm like, well, I'm not sharing everything. But he's like, I want to come on the podcast too. And I'm like, whoa, hey, hang on there, buddy. Hold, hold your horses. But I don't know. Let me know if you like that idea. Maybe, I was thinking maybe eventually we can do um, a Q&A of some sort about like what's worked, how we are coming back together because that is something I would want to know if I was where I was two, three, four years ago. So maybe we can talk about what's brought our hearts back together over these last several months. All right, here we go. Little recap on my husband and I. His name's Scott. We've been together for a very long time. We were high school sweethearts. We actually have been together since I was 14. I was a freshman in high school and he was 15 or 16, something like that. He was a sophomore. We got married at 21. We have four beautiful children. And that wedding was 19 years ago now. I turned 42 yesterday. This is a very sensitive week for me. A year ago, my husband moved out. And for the last couple of years, my birthday has been a bad day. But yesterday was great. Praise the Lord. So it was actually important to me to do this podcast record this week because this is kind of my gift to myself. So if you're friends with us in real life, if you see us on social media, it was a beautiful facade. You would see loving social posts back and forth between my husband and I. And I, I might add, they were authentic. Like, I hate when people say, you can always tell the people on social media who have issues. They're the people posting loving things about each other all the time. Totally disagree with that. We would share loving posts back and forth with each other. We were proud of our marriage and how long it has lasted. A few years ago, you may remember, we even had a vow renewal. We go to church. Everything looked good, right? And that's the thing about when things are bubbling under the surface. Everything looks great from the outside. But under the surface, there's a lot of shakiness. And this was going on for a few years, just right under the surface. Just enough to ignore, but eventually it became unignorable. On October 2nd, 2022, my husband and I had gotten home from a weekend away at Disney for my birthday. And actually, to be more accurate, I drove home separately from him and he chose to take an Uber to our house. It's like an hour and a half Uber. He picked up his truck at our house and left without saying a word to our kids or to me in that moment. On the one hand, I was totally stunned, like, shell-shocked. And then on the other hand, I thought, it finally happened. See, the signs had been there for a few years. And I'm, I'm going to make a long story short. Again, I'm purposely leaving out some of the detail. But the best way I can describe it is my husband went through a change that in many ways was positive. But that change in him also planted tiny seeds of doubt in his mind in our relationship. 
And things that had been like, okay, for the 25 or so years that we'd been together, now weren't okay with him. And he wanted us to do something about it. So like all issues in marriage, they start very small. I mean, these were like microscopic complaints. Enough for me to dismiss. He, he had these tiny seeds of doubt. And then several months would go by and those little seeds of doubt grew a little bigger. They grew into growths of discontent. And then more time went by. Bigger still, those growths sprouted into weeds of anger. Anger directed at me. And the things that he wanted changed weren't being changed the way he wanted them to be changed. He got me? And he also had some influences in his life at the time that fed some of those belief systems, in my opinion. So for a few years, under the surface, under the surface, there had been this steady monologue from him about how he wanted to leave if things didn't change the way he wanted them to. And and that he would. That was the overarching umbrella on these conversations. If this doesn't change, I will be divorcing you. And of course, our marriage wasn't perfect, but the last thing I wanted him to do was leave. And so what did I do? I tried to fix it. I tried to change the things that he said he wasn't okay with. It was really a process of sort of trying to appease him, do just enough so that he was generally content. And I tried to change the things. I tried and tried really to my own detriment. Like looking back, I wouldn't have done all that stuff. I would have just said, this isn't the issue. And no, I'm not doing this. But I I thought, and this is where the suffering kicks in, I thought that if I could just do this and that, this and that, this and that, I could stop him from leaving. I could stop my future suffering. I could stop our kids from that potential pain. I could stop our family from that cruel, intense heartache. that would soon be our unavoidable reality. But there I was on my driveway. That Sunday afternoon after our weekender, watching him drive off, the kids were bewildered. Why had dad come home and not said anything and then left? So when I wrote a lot of these things in my notes, it wasn't that emotional. (laughs) But reading them is. So I'm sorry to be so unhinged. Please bear with me. I looked into the face of my oldest child. And what I saw was just a look of dread, sorrow, a confusion over being left in that moment. 
the totality of the situation, he may not have been able to articulate my oldest son, but inside he knew. He knew. He was 11 at the time. I mean, I still remember everything about that day around noon, standing outside, the dry mouth. I remember exactly what I was wearing, oddly. I remember the shed at our neighbor's lot the kids were painting that day. They, they sort of snapped back to what they were doing and they asked me to come take a look at it. And I remember taking pictures of them painting this shed and my mind was not even in the same universe. It was like this dizzy blur. I mean, it felt like I was in a dream. It's crazy too, because I'd been warned over and over this could happen for like years, dozens of times. I mean, maybe hundreds. It still just didn't feel real though. I remember as the first days of the separation ticked on, here in Florida was the beginning of fall and we sort of began to feel that chill in the air that marked the beginning of my favorite time of year. But this fall would be the beginning of my worst nightmare. My family living in different spaces, my kids living out of duffel bags. My heart feeling like it had been run over. This is a weird analogy, but it's the only one that explains how my heart felt. It felt like it had been trampled by a herd of bulls forced down a tight alleyway before they run for the red fabric. I wasn't even the red fabric preparing for impact. I was underneath their hooves, forgotten, lower than low, no time to prepare for continuous impact over and over and over. Feeling invisible in some of the most tangible pain I'd ever experienced. Definitely need tissue, just a sec. So sorry. I knew I'd be emotional, but goodness, not this emotional. That's okay. That's what healing looks like. This is what healing looks like, guys. It's messy and ugly. It's embarrassing a lot of times, but I have to get through this process. So thank you again for being here with me through this. And I hope that you're finding nuggets of connection because we've all suffered at some point. What followed were some of the toughest days I've ever experienced with my kids. By far the worst time in my life. Between Scott and I, there were lots of events and communications that hurt. And the change in tone from one day to the next was confusing and painful. Not only was I parenting these four kids on my own, except for when they'd go to his rental house, which was like, I think we did like three days on, three days off. I think it was actually three nights on, so four days back and forth. Three nights there, three nights at our big house where I stayed. So not only was I parenting these four kids on my own when I was with them, but my person, like... (laughs) 
my person who I'd been loyal to for 26 years had just like dropped me. That's what it felt like. That's what it felt like to me. And again, this is my experience of that time. There was grief for the person I used to know. I didn't see him anymore. There was grief for the life I had signed up for. The life that was no longer possible. My heart wasn't just broken, it was shattered. Irretrievably shattered, it felt like. The pain was so intense. It's really crazy because for 21 days, I wrote it in my journal. I could barely eat. 21 days. And let me tell you, I am not someone who misses a meal. Like a lot of a lot of women, like they'll have a kid and they're like, I just forgot to eat today. I was so busy with my toddlers. No, honey, I always got my meals. Like I'm not someone who forgets to eat. And it was crazy. I could barely eat for 21 days. The thought of food nauseated me. And I was actually just nauseated and stomach sick until 1.30 in the afternoon most days. It was so crazy. I remember one day at 5 p.m., I realized I had not eaten at all that day. It was just the adrenaline and I guess the fight or flight. Crazy. I lost like 15 pounds in a month or two. Here's what I wrote in my journal about each morning during these first few weeks of our separation. For the first week, I jolted awake around 4 to 5 a.m. with a sickening rush of adrenaline, chest heavy, hard to breathe, heart racing, palms sweaty. I white knuckled it for the first three days. Those fight or flight symptoms lasted until 1.30 p.m. On day four and five, I took an Ativan in the morning and it helped. Every morning, when I wake up in the darkness, I wrote, I have to tiptoe through all the torment to get to today. In those first few seconds of being awake, I think I'm married and it's a normal day. Before I open my eyes, I have to re-educate myself, walk back through the painful path that has been paved to become my reality. You're a single mom of four again today. Your person of 26 years has left you. And then I have to psych myself up to face the day. You can do this. God will not leave you. I begin every morning shattered and broken on the floor. Psyching myself out for the day before I'm able to coax my bare feet to touch the hardwood floors. I sit silently in the dark, imploring my body to get up, convincing myself I can pull myself together again today. It goes something like this. Well, here we are again. You're alone with four kids. You can do this. You've got this. It's going to be a great day. Every single day for 15 to 45 minutes, I lay awake in my dark bedroom, willing myself to step into today, reconciling the life I signed up for with my new reality. I have 45 minutes to pick up the shattered pieces of my heart and piece them back together so I appear to be whole, to wake my kids up and enter the world. 
Most of the day I'm counting the seconds until all eyes are off me and I can crumble into bed for another night of restless, tortured sleep. That's suffering. Have you ever felt that? When the seconds feel like minutes and you have to will yourself to keep breathing while it feels like an elephant is sitting on your chest. Just breathing. One 1,000. Two 1,000. I remember the minutes literally feeling like hours. The slowness of that clock every day just felt so cruel. So next episode, I'm going to meet you in your suffering. And thank you for meeting me today in mine. I will share where my story is now and what got me through the suffering, which again, for all of us is inevitable. It may not be your husband leaving, but we all suffer at some point. Thank you so much for the honor of your witness to my story today. Oh my gosh. I got to get it together before next week. (laughs) You are part of my healing today and I I thank you and I honor you from the bottom of my heart. I'm so glad we got to do this today. Listen, everybody knows word of mouth is the best advertising. So if you liked what you heard, follow, share, leave a review. And there's so much more where that came from. Go to SheJustGlows.com to read words of encouragement and inspiration that you just might need today. There you'll also learn about my work as a life coach and how we can work together. My publications have been viewed more than 4 million times by moms around the world. We have such an amazing community. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and well, that's all I got right now. I've decided I'm too old for TikTok. Remember, you've got this. You are enough. I'll see you next time. And until then, you glow girl.